0: You are Locked on Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked on Longhorns podcast. I am your host, Patrick Hahn. You can follow me on Twitter at PatSportsGuy. You can follow the show Locked on Horns. We're also locked on Longhorns on Instagram. Want to talk to you about this game coming up? It is a football Friday, kind of a late edition. So if you're listening to this Friday night, Saturday morning, maybe you're getting ready for Saturday football. Texas Longhorns travel to Stillwater, Oklahoma, to take on the number six ranked Oklahoma State Cowboys. Big matchup uh, in segment two of this podcast. We're going to get into the offensive keys. So. When Texas has the ball, what are the keys? And then in our last segment, we're going to dive into, you know, the defensive keys. What happens when Oklahoma State has the ball? Uh, but first, let's let's dive into some more news, some more bad news, I should say. Faison Wilson, the four-star wide receiver, 2022 recruit, shortly after Quinn Ewers, decommitted from the program. Not even 24 hours. Faison Wilson decided he wanted to pursue other options. Uh just so the Quinn Ewers effect that we saw early on after his his commitment, uh we're now seeing the reverse of that with the decommitment uh ripple effect, I should say, the Quinn Ewers effect. And you know, it, it just speaks to the level of where this program is at right now, and and you know, some of the issues that we've heard and some of the things that people have talked about is, is not moving on from Tom Herman after this season because of that 2022 class and securing Quinn Ewers, you know, he had committed to play at the University of Texas. Yes, but he committed, you know, to Tom Herman, to Mike Yerset. So if they're not there, can they still expect them to be there? But, you know, they're not even out the door and he's already decommitted, you know, he's already moved on. So, you know, now now it's not a question of you know securing that class and keeping that class together because now that class is uh, non-existent at this point point. And, and so you look at that and, and now you're thinking you know what's next for Texas football I mean obviously yes we have the game on Saturday and we're going to get into that here in a minute uh, but what what do the longhorns do now because where you, where you're sitting now where you're looking at right now is a fractured, I want to say a fractured locker room, and it's not just that; it's the recruiting aspect, it's the football team. You know, they sit three and two right now. You know, they're a win away from being two games above five hundred spot that they were after they beat Texas Tech in the second game of the year, or they lose and they're back to where they were after Oklahoma sitting at five hundred football. and And you have to think about it when when you have a program uh, where where it's at right now, uh, top five team. Not, not in the country, but if, if you look at the talent wise, the recruiting class wise, you know it, it, you know it's top fifteen. But and and that's the difficult aspect of it because th- this is a, a football team. This is a a very talented football team, but you're not seeing the results on the field. And this is not something new. You know, it's it's not something that people haven't seen before because they have. Whether you're talking about the end of the Mac Brown era, the beginning of the Charlie strong era, you know, the six and seven season, and then two five and seven seasons and, and losing to Kansas, which ultimately was the final parting shot for, for Charlie strong. And now you look at Tom Herman and you know, he's, he's won. he's, he's taken them to bowl games. He took them to a new year, six bowl for you know the first time. And then the only time in this decade, uh, they haven't been to a bowl game like that since the national championship game, 2009, when Colt McCoy hurt his shoulder. I mean, so it's a place that they haven't been in a long while, and you know, you you extend him, and then it's not looking too good right now. And you can't continue hemorrhaging in in the recruiting game, and and that's where we're at right now. And so I thought this was interesting. Uh, former Texas linebacker, Brian Jones, now CBS analyst was on uh one Oh four nine FM, the horn, you know, and, and they asked him the question of, could they move on from Tom Herman this week after the game? And he said, yes, it could happen that quickly. I'm hearing it's going to happen that quickly. Even if it doesn't happen, I'm hearing the is cast, unfortunately, you know, so what he's saying is, it, you know, the tea leaves, the, the word on the street is the countdown is on. It's not a matter of if they're going to fire Tom Herman. Of course, if you listen to Brian Jones and, and you believe what he's saying, it's it's not a matter anymore of if it's going to happen. Now it's a matter of when. The countdown is on. And, and I think the culmination that you could see come to a head on Saturday, could losing Quinn Ewers, losing Billy Bowman, losing Faison Wilson, Add that with a loss on Saturday, could that be Tom Herman's Charlie Strong Kansas moment? I mean, that's where we're sitting at right now. That's what we're looking at. Uh, unfair as it may be, unfair as, uh, you know, it's 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 a tough deal all the way around, I think. You know, when you look at everything that's happened, everything that's transpired. But I think it's something that has to be said. You know, you, you could say, you know, beforehand, Looking at that class, but I don't think money ever was an issue. The buyout, uh, you know, my colleagues at USA Today, they came out with the the database they come out with every year and they look at the salaries and they anticipated the buyout at 15 million, but 15 million is chump change to the University of Texas. I mean, they lead the nation every single year. It seems like they're either one or number two in revenue generated. You know, and so when when you have a football program that generates two hundred million dollars a year, it's not hard to find fifteen million dollars if you want to buy out the head coach and make a change. And I think ultimately, that's kind of where we're at not not an if anymore. It's when it's going to happen uh, because they can't continue to hemorrhage this way and 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 lose the talent at the way that they're doing. And and then and then it becomes the question of of who. And I don't think that they can go after these small time, you know, up and coming coaches. You know, I don't, I don't know that they would have gone to a Western Michigan and and got a PJ Fleck that went on to Minnesota. I mean, I don't think you can do it again. Uh, I, you know, I don't think you can go to a University of Houston and grab a coach, you know, an upcoming coach like Tom Herman. I don't think you can go to Louisville and get another Charlie Strong. I think they got to go big fish hunting. And it's not like they haven't tried. Towards the end of the Mac Brown era, they made a play for for Nick Saban. So, I mean, you know, and this is a school, you know, a, you can talk all you want about expectation levels and, and all of that, but this is not a school that should be content with the small-time coaches. I think you got to go get a big guy because I think they got to stop the bleeding and the way you do that you go out and get a proven head coach. Uh, but coming up next, let's dive into this football game that's actually happening on Saturday. We're going to talk about the offensive keys of the game. But first, I want to tell you about rockauto.com. Rock Auto makes it so quick, easy, efficient. All you got to do is go online to Rock Auto. You type in, your, type in the name of the car, you know, make the model. Everything pops up right in front of you. Makes it so much easier. There's no going into AutoZone, O'Reilly's. Family Auto, wherever you go. Wherever you go to get your auto part ne- needs, they've got them all right in front of you. It's quick, easy, it's affordable. Low prices. All you got to do is go online. Go to rockauto.com. Like I said, put in the make the model. I used them to get my headlights from my truck. When I needed an oil pump, I went to rockauto.com. want to check out that little drop-down box. Tell them that the your friends at the Locked On Longhorns podcast sent you. You know, this Saturday, when you're sitting down to enjoy Texas, Oklahoma State, three o'clock on Fox, one thing you got to do is you got to reach in your fridge and you got to pull out the beer made to chill. The official beer of watching your favorite Texas Longhorns football team on Saturday is Coors Light, cold filtered, cold lagered. It is the only beer that's made to chill. When, you, when we're go, go, go all week and you need to chill out on a weekend, when you need to chill out when your football team is playing, when you're cheering them on, when you're hoping that they're going to be able to stop Chuba Hubbard, you got to reach for that. The great thing about Coors Light, you always get that Rocky Mountain taste, Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado. All that I ask is that you celebrate responsibly. And you can get that beer brought right to you. Just go to get. Dot dot com and you can get that beer brought right to you. All you got to do is sit back, enjoy your football team, and crack open a cold one. All right, so Saturday we got Texas, number six, Oklahoma State, one of the top offenses in the country who scores 45 points per game, which is what Mike Gears said he wanted. He wanted 45 points a game, and, I, you know, I think he's getting it from this offense, you know, even though they were only able to put up 27 last week, they're still averaging over 45 or at 45 points per game. So, so what are the keys to this game? And, and I think the big key you have to focus on is going to be the quarterback, Sam Ellinger. He's got to be on his A game. Uh, if, if you go back and look at that game against Iowa state, Brock Purdy, only had 162 yards passing 4.8 yards per attempt through the ball 34 times, but he found success on the ground with uh, 65 yards rushing and a touchdown and I think that's where Sam Ellinger has to excel uh, you know you would like to see Sam Ellinger run less I mean I think you know the the calf issue the getting hit in the ribs I mean he just didn't look comfortable against Baylor I mean we saw some of those hits he was taking and you'd like to be able to lessen that blow but ultimately when it comes to this offense and, and getting it generated and getting it rolling, I think the only way that you can do that is by relying on Sam Ellinger. I think that's where you have to rely uh on your offense to get going. Cause you know that you're gonna see those, you know, eight-man boxes, seven-man boxes. I think they're gonna load up in the box. Why? They're gonna gear up to stop the run. Make Sam Ellinger beat you. I mean, Sam Ellinger, you while he is good at short intermediate throws, uh, you know, they're they're a team that they might allow that, but they're not going to allow you to beat to beat you running, um, you know. And so it, it's going to come down to: Can Christian Jones? Can Denzel Okafor? Can they block? Uh, can can they can they give Ellinger the time that he's going to be needing? He's got to be better, especially throwing the football down the field. He's got to be better at that beyond twenty yards, you know. So uh, the other guy that I'm really looking at in this game is Jake Smith. I mean, we've really only seen him for two games. And the only game he really had any kind of impact on was TCU. And and really it was some impact, but it wasn't, you know, what we thought we were getting with Jake Smith. Talking seven receptions, 63 yards. And that was a game where Joshua Moore was virtually a non-factor. He was dealing with an injury himself, but you know, even before that, he he had three targets in that game. He didn't catch a single ball. So, you know, the the slot receiver is one that they've counted on over the over the past years, whether it was Devin DuVernay, a little Jordan Humphrey, the slot receiver role itself is one that they really rely on. And so they've got to find a way to generate that, that passing game, because as you saw last week with Iowa state, Oklahoma state was able to limit them. I mean, they did give up some yards rushing to Brees hall, uh, but ultimately they didn't give up a ton and, and a big chunk of, what he was able to do running the football came on that long 70 yard run. So, you know, they're, they're going to try and keep things in front of them. So when it, when it's on offense, Sam Alligy has got to find Jake Smith. He's got to find a way to keep Joshua Moore engaged. I think they need more out of Brennan Eagles. They need more out of Tariq Black. I mean, th- those are guys that they expected on and, and, you know, there's no Jordan Whittington once again, you know, he, as he's recovering from, from his surgery or from his, his deal that he's dealing with, you know, so where are they at with that hip flexor issue? So if, if he can get back, that'll help, but you know, you're not going to have him in this game. And so the passing game has got to be better. It's got to be a lot better. And then you got to figure out the rushing game. I think when you look at this running back group, this trio, I think they've got to get away from the constant rotation. I, I And I know uh, Tom Herman, he's all about running the football, but he stated that he wants to share the rock between, you know, the three three ball carriers. So when talking about Keontae Ingram, Roshon Johnson, Bijan John Robinson. You know, it wasn't that long ago that Ingram was having to sit on the bench because he had a fumbling issue. And I'm not saying that that's been corrected, but they kind of needed him, so they threw him back out there. And I'm not saying that he's going to be a liability there, but there is that concern. You have Roshan Johnson, who's had these shoulder issues this season, so he hasn't been as big of an impact as you thought he would be. So that leaves Bijan Robinson, who's healthy. I think that's where you need to start. This guy, he's got the fewest carries of the three running backs with 26. But he has the second highest in yards per yards per carry average, 4.8 yards. You're getting almost five yards to carry with him. And then there's the receiving aspect of it, 11.8 yards per reception. I think the number one recruiting – the number one recruited running back of the 2020 class should have a, a much bigger impact than he's having. And I think for Tom Herman – He needs to realize that and and put these guys on the field because at at this point you've been doing it one way and it hasn't been working. And now you're under fire, you're losing recruits. Uh, you're on the verge of losing the locker room. Um, if it's this constant one step forward, one step back, eventually they're going to stop listening to the message. So I think what they got to do is they got to think out of the box with the B. John Robinson. You know, cause I think what they've got to do is figure out who can run the football besides Sam Ellinger. If they continuously run Sam Ellinger, those as tough as he is. I mean, he's tough as nails. He's Texas grit to the point. I just think that at some point that's going to, it's going to catch up with you. So you got to stop running the quarterback so much, even though quarterback power has always been a staple. I think they need to find other ways. If that's Bijan Robinson, great. If it's Keontae Ingram, great. If it's Roshan Johnson, great. I just think they need to figure out who's the guy that's going to run the football and get to it, get to running the football. Because I'm going to tell you this right now. This defense is one of the top-scoring defenses in the, in the conference. They allow t- 13 yards per game. That's it. Okay, so we got strength versus strength in this game. You got a very fundamentally sound defense who tackles well, It doesn't allow you to score versus an offense that can be explosive. And don't get me wrong. They can be explosive. They've scored a lot of points per game. Yes, they have. Uh, But they also rely on hero ball from their quarterback, Sam Ellinger, late in games. And, you know, you, you can go back to the Texas Tech game. They had to score 15 points to force overtime. Late in that game, I think it was, you know, three and a half minutes left in that game. You could go to the TCU game. They needed a drive to to take the lead. Ultimately, Keontae Ingram fumbles the ball right down there towards the end zone, right before he gets in the end zone. They end up losing that football game. Then you go back to the Oklahoma game, Red River Rivalry. Again, they're relying on Sam Ellinger to play hero ball once again to get them back within striking distance. He forces overtime. um, They ultimately fall because they couldn't make enough plays in that game to win. That's where it's at. So find a way, run the football, do what you got to do, uh, and they'll jump right back in it. Yeah, you know, I think we talked about the offense, and obviously Sam Ellinger, Jake Smith, B. John Robinson. Those, those are three key players. So when they're on defense, you know, when, when you're having to face a Spencer Sanders, Chuba Hubbard, LD Brown, Tylen loss, you've heard me talk about it all week if you've been reading on USA Today, uh Longhornswire, USA Today.com. Just is definitely one of those guys that's he's got to have a better game. And, and I know that they're having to deal with, you know, he's dealing with a, a shoulder injury. It's gonna cause him to play in a brace, but but they're gonna have to get something from him. The lack of pass rush, you know, it's it's not new for Texas. You know, up until last, you know, up until the bowl game last year, their top pass, pass rusher had two sacks. And that was Joseph Asai. And he wasn't even a pass rush role. And he's playing more of the pass rush role this season, but he has, you know, one sack, one and a half sacks. And, and so they've got to find a way to get him to the quarterback. You know, whether it's stunts, whether it's just playing one-on-one. I mean, this Oklahoma State offensive line, for all their issues that they had early on in the season, they're not giving up too many pressures. We're talking four pressures a game. Four to five pressures. You know, they Texas has got to find a way to generate it, whether it's him, Taquan Graham, you know, play more Alfred Collins, Moro Jomo, Keandre Colburn. You know, these guys have got to find a way to generate disruption. They've got to find a way to get into the backfield. They got to find a way to slow down that quarterback, uh, because he he is a guy that'll take off and run. You know, he can cause you issues by running the football. Um, you know he he's a dual threat just as much as as a uh, Sam Ellinger will be and so they've got to find a way to get in there they've got to find a way to disrupt him because otherwise if you allow him to sit back there you're not going to be able to play coverage for very long when you have the guy who is of the caliber of a Tylan Wallace back there so they've got to find a way to get to him and you know so they That's why I'm looking at Justin from I'm like, I I need you. I know you're banged up, but, you know, it's kind of what Tom Hearns has. I I know you're banged up, but I need you today, you know. And and the other linebacker that I think that really needs a big game is Demarvin Overshow. I mean, this is a team that Chuba Hubbard and L.D. Brown, they love to run the football. I mean, these guys are getting 5.1 and 6-point yards per carry. Um, Hubbard has 478 yards rushing this year. 254 of those have come off, come after contact. So that, that's a big issue. So guys aren't bringing them down. And unfortunately for Texas this year, they've had far too many games with more more than double digit missed tackles and and for a guy like Hubbard or L.D. Brown who who has that game breaking speed if you know if if you miss a tackle if he bounces off contact, you know, he he's still running. And so when you look at this Texas defense, they've got to figure out a way they've got to be more sound. Um, You know, and for, for whatever reason, I'm not understanding Chris Ash, when he was at Wisconsin, Arkansas, Ohio state fundamentally sound defense. You know, I'm not understanding, you know, maybe it's the fact that they had a shorter truncated camp, or maybe the players aren't buying in. I I don't know. Maybe it's a focus issue, uh, but you know, Guys like DeMarby and Overshone have got to play better. And they gotta they got they have to tackle in space because this offense, you know, while they may not be explosive as they've been in years past, um, they will beat you in space. So that's that's one big key area that they've got to get better at. Another thing, another player, Chris Brown, the safety. I I really think they need a big game from both safeties, to be honest with you, whether it's Chris Brown and Caden Stearns, you know he's dealing with a turf toe, so maybe it's maybe there's some instances where it's Chris Brown and, and B.J. Foster. Regardless of who it is out there, I mean they again tackling space because, like I said, this guy Tylen Wallace, he's uh he's a guy that's going to be a problem. I mean, and he gets you know 84 yards after the catch per game the, the entire wide receiver group, and you know he and Tylen Wallace is no different. Uh, he's a guy who can elevate. He makes some of these incra- crazy, insane catches. Very a la Colin Johnson, but this guy's a lot shorter. I mean, he's, he's a good six inches shorter than than Colin Johnson was. But it's the same thing. He does the same thing. He makes these crazy catches that you just kind of you, – like your eyes are just like, wow, I can't believe he caught that. But but that's where this this game is. They, they've got to find a way to slow this team down, keep Sanders from uh, – having the ability to to throw all over the field and, and, and they can't do like last week against Baylor. They got away with it against Baylor, but it's something they can't get away with this week. If, if Sanders presents you an opportunity to pick the ball up, they've got to be able to, to catch that ball. Um, I know you had Deshaun Jameson, Chris Brown, uh, BJ Foster, which I will give him a little bit of a pass. He kind of had a, kind of had a club on his hand there uh, has that cast on. So he, he, You know, maybe it's a little harder for him to catch the ball. But the other two, you got to catch those. Uh, Whether it's Caden Cerns, you know, Jalen Green, these guys, Josh Thompson. you If they get an opportunity, because Sanders showed, as he showed last week, he will give you opportunities. He threw two interceptions to Iowa State. Uh, They need to find a way to capitalize. And and when you're playing a team like Oklahoma State, who has a really good defense, you've got to find a way to create – more opportunities for your offense you've got to create uh more more drive opportunities because really the point the point is that possessions are going to be at a premium in this football game with a team like that and you know there are times when i'm watching this texas offense that they are inconsistent i mean point blank either you know either it's a bonehead penalty or or it's a three and out and they're punting and, and we, we've, we've seen more than our fair share of three and outs. And, you know, what the talent of is as offense is you, you wouldn't think that you would see as many three and outs as, as we have. And, you know, it's not, it's, it would be ignorant to think that they're never going to have a three and out. They're never going to punt. I mean, that's not the case, but I think the frequency at which we're seeing it is, is where it's tough. <laughs> so we're going to real quick, just talk about, I think my key player in this game, my X factor I keep leaning on it. And I think it's true. If this guy has a big game, then I think Texas can win. And that's B. John Robinson. I think if they can find a way to get him involved in a run game in the past game, I think they can really take some of the pressure off Sam Ellinger. So if the defense can play good, you know, and keep everything in front of them and keep this high scoring offense, say I scoring, they, they average around 30 points uh, a game. They only scored 24 last week in a, in a three point win over Iowa state, but they can kind of keep them in that range. And, and Bijak can get going. I think they have an opportunity to win this game. The unfortunate part for this, and this is my game pick, I, I just don't think that Texas can do enough defensively because of the issues that they're having with tackling, uh, with getting to the quarterback. I just don't think that they can stop the, the trio of Sanders, with Chuba, with Tylen Wallace. You know, those those are the guys that I'm worried about. And I, and I don't think I think the line in this game is three points. I just don't. I can't buy into that. And I kind of think I have to see it on the field to believe it. Uh, Because I saw what happened against Texas Tech, you know, a much less talented team, and and they were able to put 56 points up. And then I saw what happened with Oklahoma and how they were able to do it and and kind of able to continuously get guys open, get them the ball. So if that happens again, I just don't think it's going to work out in Tom Herman's favor. That's why I am going with Oklahoma State 38-24 in this game. Um, and we'll find out how true Brian Jones comments are. Is is Tom Herman going to be Lane Kiffin? So we're going to find out on Saturday. Uh, that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast. Make sure you head on over to the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That's going to do it for me. I'm out.